Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. That's amazing. When you get my age, it's like life is on roller skates. That scripture in James chapter 4, I think it's verse 13, that life is but a vapor. You're here for a while and then you're gone. You know, that little steam that goes as you're boiling a pot of water and it just, boom, you see that vapor and it's gone. When you're in high school, that verse doesn't mean much to you. But when you get my age, it means a little bit more. Today, we want, and next week, we want to talk about the vision of Christ Community Church. And I think, you know, one of the most important questions mankind asks is, why am I here? You know, what is my purpose on earth and why do I exist? You had those questions before you came to the Lord. Those are the most important questions in life. That's where all false religion is triggered from. That's where theories of evolution spring from. Because deep down inside, man needs answers to those questions. So we come to the Lord. We come to the Lord Jesus Christ, and we realize that those questions are answered. That we do have a creator. That we do have a specific purpose in this life. We're not just a pinball in a pinball machine. We didn't just happen. And that's important because then, you know, Jesus, the bread of life, the living water, our souls are satisfied. We now have found that gap in our lives is now filled, and now the rest is discovering God's will and purposes in our lives. And those questions that we ask prior to coming to the Lord, those questions that always gnaw mankind, why do I exist? What am I here for? What is my purpose? Are also important in a church. You get saved, those questions are answered. Then you join a local church. You get involved in Christ Community Church. You become a member. You start attending, and those questions become just as important. Why does Christ Community Church exist? What is our purpose here? What is our calling? Why did God birth this ministry? And every church is, it has a mission statement. That mission statement should be rooted in the Great Commission, the mission that Jesus gave to make disciples of all nations, and then also... Every church should have a vision statement. How are we fulfilling that calling? If I was to ask you the question this morning, why do you come to Christ Community Church? Some of you may say, I like the music. The worship leader is beautiful and she's got a beautiful voice. <laughs> well, I like the children's ministry or I like the youth department or I like the preaching. And there's these answers that come out of why you come, why you attend Christ Community Church. But those are very menial. You need to understand if you and your family are part of Christ Community Church, you need to understand there's a greater purpose. There's a greater vision behind the ministry of Christ Community Church. And our vision for you is much greater than what you may even see right now. And that's why we've chosen to preach on our vision over the next couple weeks. 
The vision of Christ Community Church, I put it in the bulletin there, or your insert outline, the vision of Christ Community Church can be summed up in one statement, in three words. That statement is doing life together, and the three words are love, live, and lead. That's what we boiled it down to. Doing life together expresses our desire for Christ Community Church to live together as a tight-knit people of faith impacting our world for God's glory. You need to understand the church is a unique community of people called out of the world for God's plans and purposes and the familial aspect of the church, the tightness of the church is seen in the term one another used over and over and over again of believers in the New Testament. We love each other, we're friends with each other, we eat together, we celebrate the birth of our children together, we're there for each other in times of loss and pain, We share with each other, and in short, we just do life together. That's what God intended for this group of people to be, that we would share life with one another. That's why we stress the community groups. We don't just want you attending. You should never be a tender. You're more than that. You're not just, you're a belonger. You're a belonger. There's a good word. You should be known, and you should know people. Otherwise, the church fails. Otherwise, you fail as being a part of the body of Christ. CCC should be a place where you come like the old song in the sitcom Cheers where everybody knows your name. (laughs) They just want to go to a place where everybody knows your name. That's a desire in humanity. That's a missing component. You were created for fellowship. Our vision involves developing and growing in three areas. The way we love, live, and lead. We boiled it down to that so it would be easy for you to remember. And by doing this, we'll fulfill both the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. It's our desire that these words would be ingrained in your hearts so that you would, they'd be trigger words. That when you say love, live, and lead, that it would trigger what our vision is all about. In fact, let me try something now. Say this, doing life together. Say that. So if I say hashtag, you say doing life together. Hashtag. Hashtag. I like that. Hashtag. Okay, and then when I say vision, what are you going to say? Love, live, and lead. Love, live, and lead. Okay, hashtag. Vision. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about our vision over the next couple of weeks because we want you to understand that Christ Community Church does have a purpose here. Christ Community Church is very serious about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believe that we were birthed to bring God glory through preaching the gospel, through making disciples, through raising up people like a Martin and an Esteban that would go out and impact their world for God's glory. And so this week we're going to talk about the first one, love. And then the next week, next week, we'll talk about live and lead. So hashtag (laughs) vision. All right. All right. So we're going to talk about love. Turn to Mark 12. You're already there. I'm sure of it. If you've got your Bibles, I'm reading out of the ESV by the way we're changing from the New King James from the pulpit to the ESV. And I would explain more about that in the coming weeks of why we've chosen to do that. So the ESV stands for the English Standard Version, and we're going to begin reading in verse 28, and it says, and one of the scribes came up 
and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? How many agree that that's an important question? What is the most important commandment of all? Out of all the commandments, and, and the Jews narrowed it down to 613 in the Old Testament, there's a lot of commandments, and they took those serious. They took the commandments of God very serious, and, and I have a feeling he knew the answer to this. He was a scribe, and every one of them knew the Shema, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 10. What is the most important commandment of all and Jesus answered this way in verse 29 the most important is here O Israel that's Shema that's why they call it the Shema Shema in Hebrew means here 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 O Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength so the first thing when we talk about love in our vision First and foremost, we are talking about loving God, loving God as this being the greatest commandment and loving God speaks of our intimacy that we as believers pursue through our desire to understand and know the Lord in an ever deepening way. The primary ways that we build intimacy with God and grow in our love is growing in our understanding of his word through obeying his commands out of a pure heart in regular and frequent communion with Him through prayer and seeking His will. And that's why we stress Bible reading so much more than anything else. So many people say they know God, and I see how they misrepresent God. So many people describe what God is like, and I see how many times Christians misrepresent Him or describe someone very different than the God that I read in the Scriptures. And this is why we tell you to read the Bible. The Bible, first and foremost, is God's self-revelation to us so that the world doesn't have to feel around in the dark, so the world doesn't have to take a stab at it, play pin the tail on the donkey and see who's got the closest to God because everybody has these nice-sounding, wise-sounding, fluffy-type-sounding things about God and they so misrepresent the Lord. And the Bible describes who God is. In fact, the very Bible opens with God. The very first line in the entire Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning God, in other words, before time, before anything else, God existed. And so it's our desire that Christ Community Church just doesn't bring their Bible to church on Sunday mornings, but during the week they would pick it up and they would open it and they would read it. And the more they read it, the more they understand how and who God is, how He functions, how He acts, and how He deals with mankind. And the more you understand about God, the more in love you fall with God. It's kind of like when you first started dating your wife. She couldn't keep you away from her. You became a nuisance. You were calling the house 24-7 and you were jealous, and oh my, is she going to go out with another guy? But you love spending time with her because you love finding out about her. You wanted to know more about her. There was that desire in your heart. Don't you have that desire to know who God is? To know what God is like, to know how He acts. To love God is to delight in Him, to take joy in spending time with Him. When people ask, how do you love God? I say, well, how do you love your wife? 
How do you love your children? How do you love those who are closest to you in your life? And that will be a good, pretty good starting point. Because those who you love in this life, those that your spouse, your children, they get the lion's share of your time, attention, and presence. It's what we do with God. We make Him the treasure of our life, and He gets the lion's share of our time and treasure and our presence. When I was in high school, I had this friend. Uh, my best friend, his name was Jimmy. And, and I was a freshman. He was a year older than me. And I think I befriended him really honestly, if I'm to be honest with you, because of his truck. He had the most tricked out four-wheel drive Chevy truck at Central Union High School. And I was a freshman and I connected with him. And, you know, I at least wasn't into education. I was into being cool. So I loved just driving around in his truck with him and everything else. And, and he became very close. Him and I became very close. We would go to the gym. We'd work out together. He would call me up at night. And he would say, hey, what are you doing tonight? I'd say, not much. Come by and get me. And so he'd pick me up and we'd go out cruising. And even that summer, we went to the East Coast together. I took him to my grandparents' place in Philadelphia. And we took some side trips to Washington, D.C. and New York City and came back that summer. Then the new school year started. And when the new school year started, Jimmy was calling less frequently. And I was no longer, you know, driving to him to the gym in his car. I had to ride a bike at times. He was no longer even found on the weekends. And it was like Jimmy was kind of disappearing off the face of the planet. I mean, what's, what's going on with his life? I'll tell you what went on with Jimmy. Margo went on with <laughs> Jimmy. Margo. He found a greater treasure than me. Hard to believe. <laughs> found a greater treasure than me. And, and all of a sudden, his time, his energy, his gas. And Margot, to top it off, this is, this is what killed me. She was from Holtville. <laughs> I'm sorry, Holtville. <laughs> Could have been worse. Could have been from Heber. No, I'm just kidding, Heber. <laughs> I'm kidding. Man, you know me by now. But she was, she was the treasure. She was the treasure that he had found. And I no longer was so important. He no longer had to call me anymore. No longer would call and say, hey, what are you doing? You know, and, and all of this, he just kind of disappeared. And, and that's the way it is when we find Jesus. We find a greater treasure. And now our, our time and our, you know, things start to shift in our life. And all of a sudden your friends say, hey, what happened to so-and-so? I don't see him at the club anymore. I, you know, I, they're rarely around anymore. You start to shift and your friendships change and you start getting involved in church so you're no longer doing the dumb things you were doing before. Some of you do. I see Facebook, but that's a work in progress. God's still sanctifying us and everything else. But that's what happens. And, and that's what happens with God. God becomes the treasure in our life and we love God. And that's what we desire as leaders, first and foremost, at Christ Community Church, that this church would be known as a church that loves God. When people look at your life, do they say, man, that guy loves God? When they look at your life, man, that woman loves God. They love God. My children love God. People will see that because they see the shift. They see what your time is being spent in. They see what your presence now is no longer available over there. It's now with God and it's with His people. 
And that's huge. So we love God. We want people to know that. We want to be a congregation that loves God. He would always occupy the center stage here that when people come to Christ Community Church, there would never be a question of who's Lord. That Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Jesus Christ is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Secondly, love people. We love people. We don't just love God. Look at Mark 12 again and look at verse 31. The second is this. Jesus threw this one in because they're inseparable. The second is this. You shall love your neighbors yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. To love God is to love people. And this was a big issue in the Jewish community. This whole idea of neighbor, it comes out of Leviticus in the law in the Old Testament in the Pentateuch. So those were the two biggies. That It was to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. To love your neighbor as yourself. And that was huge in the Jewish culture. But the question always came down to this. Who is my neighbor? Who do I have to love as myself? Because the Jews got pretty picky on who they were going to love. They had no problem loving family. They had no problem loving friends. They had no problem loving people they liked. Turn to Luke chapter 10 real quick because this is important in defining who the neighbor is and who are we to love like ourselves. If, If we're a people of God and we're called to love God and we're called to love people, we're called to love our neighbor. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean the guy that lives right next door to me? Does that mean the guy that lives right across the street? Yeah, that includes them. But that's not what Jesus was getting at here. In Luke chapter 10, let's begin reading in verse 25. And I'm not going to unpack this. I want you to see it for what it is. And behold, a lawyer stood up, put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? I love that. Jesus always ask questions when they ask questions so that they can answer it. There's something about being asked a question than answering it yourself, especially when it comes to the Scriptures. In verse 27, he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And your na- Didn't Jesus just say that? <laughs> we read that in Mark 12, right? This guy repeated exactly what Jesus said in Mark chapter 12. He knew the answer. And I could see Jesus right now. He said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. And I could imagine this dead silence right then. Jesus just looking at the guy. Piercing eyes looking straight into his soul. And then after the silence, he couldn't handle it anymore. It says this, but he desiring to justify himself. Who tries to justify themselves? People who are met, have you ever had a conversation with your child and they tried to justify themselves? You knew they were wrong before they even started, didn't you? But man, they got to alleviate their own conscience. They got to alleviate their own guilt. So they're going to be like a lawyer and justify himself, him desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? He knew. 
Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. There's a religious dude, sees a guy, come from the temple probably, and he sees a guy laying there, needy, hurting, just got out of church, had a bumper sticker that said, I love Jesus. <laughs> so likewise, a Levite, a Levite, these, these were the leaders, man. If your last name is Levine or Levi or Levi Straw, you're, you're a descendant of the priests, ones who were determined to be the priests. They held a special position. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he helped him, didn't he? No, he didn't. He passed by on the other side. His bumper sticker didn't say, I love Jesus. His bumper sticker said, honk if you love Jesus. <laughs> but a Samaritan, the very people the Jews hated and despised, because when Assyria took out Israel in 722 B.C., they hauled the Jews away to their homeland, but they left enough there with their own people and started to populate the area with Assyrians and Jews coming up with what the Jews despised is not purebreds, but half-breeds. And that's why it was significant that Jesus saw the woman at the well in Samaria because Jews just did not talk to Samaritans. You think racism is alive and well in this world? It was back then. Hating a person for their ethnicity, no control over their birth, no control over their hair color, no control over their eye color. They were just brought into this world special ethnicity or an ethnicity of a certain kind and Samaritan as he journeyed and this is why Jesus uses the parable of the good Samaritan because he's going to really throw it in this guy's face because this guy would never see a Samaritan as his neighbor he would never love on a Samaritan he would never help a Samaritan if he saw a Samaritan bleeding on the road he truly would pass by no matter how religious he was He journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Here's a, here's a Samaritan. Without no hatred but compassion, he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to the inn and took care of him. Look at this. He's giving him time. He's giving him resources. He's saying, man, I want to see this guy made whole once again. I want to see him bound up. I want to see his life back. I want to see him given back to his family. I want to see him carry on with his career, whatever he did. And I'm going to make sure that happens. So he gives up his own resources. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to his... In, in other words, he said, look, get into my car. Something a Jew would have never said to a Samaritan. Sorry, I got luggage in my car. I couldn't carry you. Can't pick you up. <laughs> And, he, and look at verse 35. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him. Whatever more you spend, I will repay. And when I come back, 
Now watch this. Which of these do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? This is in response to the Jewish expert of God's word. Fell among the robbers. And look at his answer. He can't even say Samaritan. He said, he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.